0: Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the TFC Audio Project. On this episode of Shop Talk, Mike and I talk about fitness versus health. We see people in the clinic all the time that are developing health issues, trying to pursue their fitness goals. So we really wanted to unpack this topic and help bring these two realms back into alignment. We start by defining fitness and health, what they are, what they aren't. We talk about natural movement, sustainable training, and helping people restore a sense of purpose as to why they train. Really enjoyed the chat and I hope you find it insightful. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by the TFC FootNerd program. It's an online based program. We kicked off at the start of 2019 to expand our global community of humans who are spreading the message of health starting at the feet. The online curriculum is a constantly evolving repository of content and resources that gives you up to date knowledge about the body and how to teach others how to improve their health. The program is also an effort to expand our global instructor team and meet the demand for seminars around the world moving forward into the future. For more information on the program, visit thefootcollective.com and click on the Foot Nerd program tab. This episode is also brought to you by The Roasters Pack. Our team at TFC headquarters in Ottawa are big fans of coffee, and this Canadian company provides a unique subscription service that delivers you three great coffees to your door each month and gives you the story behind each of the craft roasters that they come from. Check out theroasterspack.com and use the code FOOT at checkout for seven bucks off your first month of any subscription, which starts at 27 bucks a month, including all shipping and taxes. Last but not least, this episode is also sponsored by our travel partner, Nanook Protective Hard Cases, which keep um, which keep our electronics safe during travel, and we use them to bring stuff from to and from seminars and workshops. They make super high quality cases in Canada, and they stop your electronics from getting smushed. Um, on airplanes during travel. So you can check out their awesome stuff at nanook.com, N A N U K.com. That's it for sponsors. So let's dig into this episode. Hope you enjoy. It's the TFC Audio Project. It's a collective effort. Help people understand their bodies, starting at the feet are the gateway for people to see that there's an issue. You know, a foot conversation is always a whole body conversation. Hey folks, Nick and Mike here, back for another episode of Shop Talk. Today's episode, we're going to the topic is fitness versus health and i think putting a versus in there might seem strange to some people but you know the way we see it and the problems that we see in clinic um, these two things have essentially become mutually exclusive so i think it's time to uh, talk about realigning fitness and health and also just unpack and define you know what is fitness what is health how can people get back to to consuming fitness in a way that's actually healthy um and what does that look like and what does that mean so i think it's a very you know it's a big problem that we see and you know the way that we see it is people are trying to consume fitness or trying to be fit and they end up creating health problems they end up breaking down their bodies creating injuries all that kind of stuff so that's why the topic came up today um and maybe a good place to start is why don't we start by defining health because there's you know and looking into it there's a lot of different definitions of health and i think Um, subjectively, person-to-person, everyone's definition of health is a little bit different. So let's start by defining what... uh, Let's talk about some of the definitions that are out there, and then let's talk about what health actually means to us.
1: Yeah, so at first glance, one of the first definitions I came across was the state of being free from illness or injury. What was that, Um,
0: Merriam-Webster definition?
1: That is... I can't recall where that was from. That was the first one that popped up when I I, uh, looked for the definition. So that one is... It's pretty narrow minded. That though. is fairly narrow minded and that that's almost like how we treat health. Yeah. Is like if you are free from disease and the injury, problem. then that's how we would treat it. But then looking at it a bit deeper, did come across some better definitions of it. I was actually pretty impressed with the World Health Organization uh, definition of it. It's a state of complete physical, mental, and social well being, not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. That's um, so much better. So it, it is better because then it's, it's like, hey, it's not just you're not sick. It's, it's how are you, um, it's that completeness
0: of, of your state. Um, another- I, think that's, I think that's part of the problem with the way we do health today. Like, you know, um, like, for example, you go in and get blood work done. And I don't know what the actual number is for to, to be considered diabetic. But if you're like point one below that number, that threshold mm-hmm. where you have where you're considered to have diabetes, you're fine. It's like Liv went through this the other day. She went to her doctor and the doctor was basically like, yeah, you don't, you don't have a serious enough problem for us to treat it. And she's like, well, where's the line? Where's the line where I'm sick enough to deserve treatment? Where, why aren't we talking about the fact that, okay, you're, you're one unit away from being diabetic. You're not healthy. Mm -hmm. you're close to being super unhealthy and having a disease we need to and the same thing trickles over to fitness it's like yeah just because someone doesn't have knee pain but they move like you know someone might not have knee pain but if they move like shit they're still not moving optimally yeah you know so i think not just saying the absence of disease you know being in a complete optimal mental physical social well-being that's a that's a way better definition good job world health organization
1: (laughs) and Another one was the general condition of the body, which is very, very vague. But again, <laughs> I would say I would say it does make sense. Um, another one is a person's physical or mental condition. Uh, so the condition of the body, what condition it's in. And I think that's where we're going to see this, this an overlap in, in terms of what uh, we you know, the Fitness is defined as as well. But I think that's important. And, and again, that's a whole other podcast topic, I think, is is how we can get the healthcare system looking at um, this definition, because it's great to have a definition of yeah. it. But in, unless we're uh, if we're, the way it's working right now is it's, it, they're not going by that definition. They're going yeah. by the first definition, which is just, hey, we'll take care of you once you're broken. But let's not <laughs> look at why you're breaking down or maybe getting upstream of these health problems that are happening.
0: Yeah, like let's just we don't apply that that the logic that we apply to health and treating disease or treating people, we would consider it silly to apply it to other things like a like a vehicle, for example, you don't wait until your engine has literally blown up and your car's on fire to address an issue to do some maintenance, you Mm. do it so that it doesn't get to that point, like you do things preventatively, we do we treat our teeth preventatively, yet we don't even take that same element to our whole body approach. Um, And and, I agree, like, you know, health, So the definition of health not just being the absence of disease, but health also being an optimal state both on all the pillars, right? An optimal state mentally. You have control over your mind. You're in a good mental state. You have a sense of purpose and happiness. Um, In terms of movement, you have a body that actually moves well and isn't breaking down. In terms of sleep, you actually sleep like humans are supposed to sleep. You eat the food humans are supposed to eat, and you have good social relationships that harbor a sense of happiness and community in your life. Like Mm -hmm. health is such a big... Um, it definitely is a broad, broad stroke. So the broad definitions are good, but I think the thing we're trying to get to there is that health is not just the absence of a disease. It's optimal function, which can be very subjective, but there are some, some good metrics. So, um, so
1: looking at fitness and I think after we define fitness, we can see that fitness and health should overlap and align, um, ideally. And maybe we can explain why oftentimes they're, they're not necessarily in alignment, they can be, but the, well, oftentimes they're not. But it's important to get them more in alignment. So let's talk about the. So, so why don't we define fitness? So fitness is basically there's there's three that I'm going to go through. Well, let's unpack each as we go. Yeah. The first one is basically the condition of being physically fit and healthy. And again, that's the most broad one. <laughs> so, but they they say that it's the condition of being physically fit and healthy, and they included health in that. So that's okay. important there. We don't really need to unpack that one because uh, it's one of those those broad ones. Number two is the quality of being
0: suitable to fulfill a particular role or task. Okay. So I think that's, that's, an, better. that's an interesting one. Um, like what? Yeah. And so it depends how you define your role or your task. If role and task is just literally being a human surviving during your lifetime on this planet, that's still a very broad definition, but it also gives a bit more direction than just saying the state of being fit or healthy.
1: I think it's a good one because it's like, what are you and what tasks are you? And oftentimes you'll hear people say, are you like you fit for the job or, you know, so you can look at it very specifically are you fit for that specific job right as a even as like something physical like a firefighter are you fit to be a firefighter yeah um are you fit for any other kind of job or are you just fit to like you say to be like a human in 2019 what does that look like
0: and that also might be a bit of a misconception too because being fit to survive in 2019 has to do more with being able to navigate social media and have a you know than it does to like actually get your food and survive and, Mm -hmm. and be able to support your family physically. So So, it's a weird definition now too. And fitness
1: and that, uh, that's a whole other thing. Like you're right. Fitness means something completely different than it, than it used to. So in Mm -hmm. 2019 it might mean, but I would still argue that I think it's important to still have that physical, fitness being able to I agree to f- be physically fit for any role or task because it like it or not we still have these bodies that we have to move around through space and for now you were yeah you were <laughs> you were giving some examples before it's like and we can get delve into that deeper later but if somebody was in need of of your help or needed to be carried somewhere are you, are you fit to be able to actually do these things yeah are you fit to be able to lift the groceries out of your car, are you fit to be able to do whatever? So, there's still a huge physical component of that that can either, um, you know, if you're not fit, you're going to be almost like a hindrance on people. Yeah. So, it, whatever task it is, I think just being a human, being fit to be a human is so multi dimensional. What did you say
0: before? Just be good at humaning?
1: Yeah. <laughs> being good at humaning is so multi multidimensional. But I think yeah. fitness applies well to that definition the quality of being suitable to, to fulfill a, a particular role or task, whatever that might be.
0: Yeah. And it's good that it can be individualized too because everyone's sense of what their specific role or task is in life or specific to their family or their job is going to be different Mm -hmm. Um, but i think we have to you know back to this whole thing are you fit enough to carry your groceries well what happens when amazon delivers them for you and you don't have to it's like we have to just understand that what is no longer required doesn't mean that that is no longer healthy no, exactly, And that's a big, that's going to get more and more relevant. I listened to that Rogan podcast there with the uh, g- genetic, uh, that g- gene guy or whatever, yeah. the futurist. Oh my God, that hurt my brain. I got to listen to it again because that's, it made me be extremely aware of the fact that we're on the cusp of something that in Forty years, when we look back, this will be a very important time. I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's get back to that. So, those are two definitions.
1: But I would say, like, just one more thing: like, it could be anything in terms of: Are you fit to be a parent? Are you fit yep. to be exactly uh, a wife or a husband or whatever? Are it you might fit be. to do
0: CrossFit? Are you fit to lift and uh, that compete might mean, in a sport?
1: And and that might mean the other things you do. You do so. Are you fit to be a parent? Like, how well you sleep, how well you eat, how how strong you are. These are all things that help you be a better parent to your kid? Can you play with your kid? Yeah. Or do you have energy for your kid? All of these other things. So so very, very multidimensional. But definition three is an organism's ability to survive and reproduce in a particular environment. Mm. So that's more of the biological definition of fitness. And yeah. that, I think that is important. And people like to disconnect from the biological component of it, but it's still very, very relevant. And coming from biology backgrounds, I think that that one really, really hits home when it comes to fitness. And we might need not mean like specifically uh, passing genes on it
0: but that it still holds true i agree um, you still gotta you still have to find a mate and have sex to have a baby although that same podcast that i was talking about a rogan talked about how we probably won't be, <laughs> won't be having sex to make babies in 20 years which was very weird but um, but i agree that's that is still on the radar of relevance and it's so still important s-
1: surviving and thriving and then reproducing but even if we cut out the reproducing the surviving and thriving in this environment that's that's really the definition of fitness when it comes to every other animal. So if you look at, uh, basically, we're special. And we, you've already been hinting at that. Um, <laughs> we, we like to think we're special, but we actually yeah. are. If you look at every other For animal sure. in the animal kingdom, what is fitness to every other animal? So fitness is basically doing the species-specific things that that animal needs to do in order to survive in order to thrive and in order to reproduce yeah they need to fight off things that are trying to kill them they need to hunt for food or get their food or obtain food um and then they need to be good at it or better at it than other people so they yeah. can get ahead
0: can you win at the game of natural selection that is That's, really what the traditional biological darwinian sense of mm-hmm. fitness is and like we said it's like you know a tiger has no choice but to be able to hunt for its food to be able to understand how to collect enough food and protect its young so that its young can survive and, and become adult tigers. And it needs to be able to do the stuff required in order to, to
1: do that. So it needs yeah. to run fast, it needs to be yeah. strong, it needs to fight. So it needs mm-hmm. to have, and these are, can all be broken down into like movements that that species does. Yep. So it needs to be good at those species specific movements
0: and tasks. It needs um, to be able to teach its offspring how to do those same things so that they can survive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's so very think- important
1: so i think if you relate that back to humans fitness has been almost disconnected from our survival yeah to some extent
0: that's a great way of putting it
1: but i don't think it's i still think it's connected very heavily to our health well-being um and has heavy biological implications as well
0: well i think yeah we've disconnected from
1: our absolute survival I would yes say.
0: so survival is now disconnected from fitness but people don't realize that in order to thrive and be happy and be an optimal state your fitness really has a big impact on your ability to thrive as a human. Mm-hmm. Not survive, but thrive. And that's really the more important thing, right? Like you talked about how health is not just the absence of disease, it's being in this optimal state, which I think is sometimes a fuzzy word for a lot of people, but it means you feel good. You feel you have good amounts of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, your body feels good. You know, you you move well without pain. You have a sense of purpose and and happiness in your life. Like these are sometimes very general words to throw out there but that's really what it means it's like are you enjoying the life you're living
1: and i think we get jaded living in in uh, north america too because if you look at other areas in the world fitness still means like you be, you better be able to carry a bunch of shit every day you better be able to hunt yeah, still so i, I think agree. it really I, we forget about that is that fitness still has a real physical component to it um and even somebody who has like a physical job, it's like if you're better at that job, that can procure procure you more resources or money. You can move up the ladder. Like being physical does still have implications, and yep. being fit does still have implications for survival, almost in like an indirect way as yep. well. But it can also make you more attractive to the opposite sex and things like that too. So being able to handle yourself and being capable and being strong and being what other others would consider fit,
0: so. Mm-hmm so why don't we talk about now let's talk about what fitness isn't yeah and let's talk about the common conceptions of what people think uh fitness is right mm-hmm. like you brought up a really good one before what fitness isn't it's not a look yeah and i right? think at least in in the in what we consider to it, be an optimal it's definition it's not necessarily
1: of a look but no. it, it can be The the look can right. equate a look to is it.
0: a byproduct of optimal fitness yeah but, but it is not the goal
1: People think it's a, a people think it's just simply a look, and that's one of the things that it that it isn't necessarily just that um a perfect example is like let's say there's um you know not to shit on bodybuilders, but some bodybuilders can look would would look fit to the average person who looks at them like oh that person's like shredded um in competition form they like they're really fit, but then you might look a little bit deeper under the hood and be like, hmm, they might be terribly this unhealthy. person Most, might be a lot terribly they' are. unhealthy." <laughs> Physic- uh, physically, oftentimes, nursing injuries, not being able to do other movements, um, running, climbing, jumping, all these other things that might you, you might consider um, fitness as, uh, but also things like, you know, the, the diets that they put themselves through, um, you know, like, like I said, mentally, uh, emotionally. So all these other things you might might come and be like, well, actually, that person, if we define fitness this way, um, is not fit at all, right? They, mm-hmm. they just look fit. But I think it's very deceiving a lot of times because we look at somebody and be like, ah, oh, that person's fit because they look that way. Yeah, yeah. Think- like
0: if you're jacked to the to the ceiling and you look insane in terms of aesthetically, but you couldn't swim to rescue someone that's drowning, you couldn't climb a cliff uh, to to save yourself or to save someone else. Like, what definition of fitness are you using? Because that doesn't that means that that person might not be fit according to certain definitions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other one that you said, you know, so number one, it's a look. Number two, it's people doing stuff, right? Yeah. Like so, you gave the analogy that marathon runner. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. like people think that because you do certain activities that you're fit. So like, you know, you're, you're an Ironman or marathoner like, okay, you do that. So uh, like Jenny do, has done five Ironmans. She's super fit. Maybe, but maybe not. So they're not necessarily the same thing yeah like maybe and, jenny
0: has zero cartilage in both her knees
1: and yeah. walks around in pain every
0: day maybe
1: um, maybe jenny is not yeah maybe jenny is not not happy maybe jenny can only do one thing which is run but can't handle any loads can't can't do a squat couldn't do other things yeah. like climb um like it's the whole thing right so so i think that and like you say maybe jenny's in in pain maybe jenny's in a huge <laughs> amount of pain and and is and is gonna have to get her and knees are replaced prematurely but maybe she isn't and we're just saying that like that's often what people think of it's just like a quick jump to conclusion that person does marathons they're fit this person looks jacked <laughs> yeah. they're fit yeah but maybe not
0: yeah so and they're de- they're deceiving and and it's back to redefining fitness like what like reading that book natural movement by erwan Lacour, which if. I highly recommend it. It was a very, I'm not even done it yet, but it has been a very powerful book in just re, reshaping how I think of fitness and training and sustainable training. One thing he says that I think <clears throat> is really powerful is he says, train to be to never be useless and also to be useful. Train so that you're not the person that needs to be helped on a hike because your knee hurts or because you don't have the capacity to breathe. And so you get gassed out and people have to wait for you so don't be don't be the person that falls to the ground and needs to be helped up don't be useless and also train to be the person that's useful right if someone needs help if you're on a hike someone has a fluke accident they break their ankle be the person that's able to be useful and help that person down the hill be able to carry that person uh be able to lift things or or, or help carry that person so be useful be able to go and swim some and and help someone that's drowning right be useful to help others and never be useless that to me was that is a big element of fitness i think right yeah. are you fit to be a to to be good at humaning and humaning yeah. means helping others and also just surviving without being a burden on others
1: so that's more of a like that's more what fitness should be and, yeah. and that's more still like from more of a physical standpoint, but I think that's huge. Like the ability to, to move yourself through the environment safely, yeah. um, move yourself through your environment dynamically, uh, handle yourself, help people, be of use, um, handle some load, carry stuff. So all the, like, all the things that- Be able to defend yourself. Defend yourself if needed. I think that's a big one that we like to, and that's something I want to explore a bit more too, is that- um,
0: Like personally? yeah just like me too i want to get i want to try some sort like i think i find jujitsu very compelling and i realize that i just i keep saying that but until you just say i'm going to prioritize it screw it i I need to just do it Mm -hmm. um like james tfc australia is starting to get into jujitsu now and he it seems so interesting and it seems so so damn relevant right if someone is trying to kill you or trying to hurt you or hurting someone you love can you disarm them and disable them through grappling and through submitting them in a way that is low impact and extremely tactical? It mm. is so practical. For like sure. that, that story that Rogan said of some guy, he was with Tate Fletcher, some guy in, in Vegas in the elevators being an idiot um, and got to the point where Tate's like, yeah, I just, I just choked him out and left him in the <laughs> he, elevator. He leg kicked him and then <laughs> choked him out. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I think, and, and it might not show up as much as it, as it used to, but I think that is one element of it too is just like, Do you have the capability to uh, to defend yourself? Yeah,
0: Um, and that helps with people that are able to if if you know you can strangle someone to death, not that you ever would. But if you (laughs) had to, you could. It gives you a sense of confidence and like a different mindset when you're moving through the environment. This well, that's I really think it's calming. I can I can you know, you go into an environment that might be intimidating and you know that you can hold your own. You, have, you don't have as much anxiety. Like, you're relaxed.
1: Well, that concept right there that you just said, that confidence, I think it can be extrapolated out to other things as well. So, we well, so talking about able, movement freedom, like you said. Exactly. That's so that, a beautiful that's term. What, that's what... what I, like, physical freedom, I think, is a big... Not only the the ability to defend yourself, but the ability to do whatever, whenever. So having both the competence, which is the the first thing, you need the competence before you can develop the confidence. Mm -hmm. So if you have both of those things, the movement competence, like, hey, there's a thing there that my friend needs help lifting. I know I can lift that. I know my body can do that, number one, and I'm confident that I can do that. Um, Or, hey, you know, somebody needs help over here. I know I can do that or I wanna water ski on the weekend. I know I can do that. My body, I've kind of stress tested my body in all these different ways before that. I know my body can, is physically able to do that. Yeah. So I think a lot of people get away from this physical freedom um, and they don't have number one, the competence, number two, the confidence, and they're very unsure of what their bodies are or aren't able to do. They're like, hmm, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if my, if yeah, my thing unclear. is able to. It's very unclear because <laughs> they have never kind of tried it and tri- trialed it before. So they don't know. Um, and sometimes so I, think I feel huge. like
0: that can be a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Someone's like, Ooh, i don't know if i can water ski i haven't done it in a while i don't know if my body can handle it and they go and they're very anxious and they're very stiff and rigid and if you're stiff and rigid and yet you have to do something like take off on water skis where you have to move very flowingly like it's pretty easy to tear a hamstring if you're rigid like Mm -hmm. a two by four trying to get up on water skis. so sometimes it's like not knowing whether or not you're competent and definitely being non-confident in something but trying it just because other people are doing it or you feel um you feel silly or judged for not doing it and then getting injured it feeds into the same thing so next time you're not going to do it yeah. if you were confident and you had you know you knew that this wasn't dangerous per se because you've like you said you stress tested your body then oftentimes it leads the other way
1: yeah so like putting your body in all these different almost expanding the repertoire of what your body can do would it give you this sense of confidence and that's where maybe the we are, we're t- we're going to talk about how maybe, you know, it's not just all about the gym, but the gym is also a good place to maybe practice these things. Like, yeah. hey, if you can deadlift a weight off the floor in the gym and uh, you, you will be the person that... It- understands that you know if you if you need to help your friend lift lift a couch on the weekend you're not like oh i don't know i don't want to throw my back out or things like that it's (laughs) like no i know i can do that obviously so there's a time and place for the gym where we can we can put our body and almost simulate these things that might show up in our life but i think the the biggest thing is um what is the carryover to our life and that's where it becomes the most relevant uh, as opposed to just doing it for the sake of doing it in the gym or to look a certain way
0: yeah so i agree and it's it's back to that concept of of fitness. Like, are you training just to be good at training? Mm-hmm. Are you lifting weights just to be good at lifting weights? Maybe that's your sport. So you you're training for a purpose. You're you're be, you're improving your fitness for a purpose of lifting weights in a competition. I think under that you know, if you look at training in layers, the superficial layer, the top of the pyramid might be trying to be fit for a certain sport or a certain activity, Mm -hmm. but you should never just throw out the fact that you should still be enough of a generalist to have movement freedom as a human, Mm -hmm. right? Like are you, if you're a professional athlete and you make your money to pay your bills based on being good at a sport, fine. You know, maybe that takes a much bigger priority, but I think people discount the fact that if you're, generally fit as a human you will improve your specific sports performance and you will increase your ability to sustainably train yeah right like don't pigeonhole yourself and narrow your scope of movement freedom just for the sake of eking out one percent more performance here at the sacrifice of huge amounts of injury risk and inefficiencies in the long term so
1: classic example of like think about it sports that train in like one plane like a sagittal plane dominance um like lifting or things like that, it's like you're not gonna, you're gonna benefit yourself by, by training out of that in other planes too, like the transverse rotational plane. Um, it's not gonna <laughs> plane. <laughs> uh, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt you. It's gonna help you because yeah. it's gonna help you not get injured as much. It's also gonna
0: help you specifically in that. Um, People so don't right. see that though. People don't see like um, like we did that running workshop recently, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there are a couple of runners that you had mentioned are uh, lifters or maybe Olympic weightlifters don't spend a lot of time working on rotational um, competency and we're having issues with running. And I think a lot of people look at, okay, I'm a lifter, I wanna get good at lifting weights. They see practicing a movement or, or working on a movement like running as an opportunity cost, right? The time I spend working on running or these movements that aren't directly related to my sport are going to take away from the training time I'm able to put in for my sport. What they don't realize is that those things actually make you better at your sport. I'm not saying only train running if you're a weightlifter, but maybe a bit of running can do you a huge amount of benefit in terms of your body long-term, but patch also in terms of your sport.
1: Mm-hmm. You can always like, yeah, patch those holes up or holes in the game that you might have. Yeah, get out of your make bubble you know,
0: and make sure that you have a, a, a body that is fit for life, not just for a sport. Because mm-hmm. that long-term, like I really think that a lot of professional athletes would have benefited greatly from having a more balanced definition of fitness and focusing on that not just sports because when they're retired from their sport like look at ronnie coleman yeah right like a... he was the best in the world now he can't walk without crutches you and know he's
1: like he's only in his like
0: 50s yeah it's crazy he's, and it's it's, uh... it's it's sad to see but i really think that he could have you know it's always a hindsight's always 2020 20. could he have gotten to where he got to in a different way that would have left him in better shape afterwards i think he probably could have mm-hmm. um now that's an extreme who knows?
1: that's an extreme sport too, bodybuilding, Yeah, but yeah, it is. you're right. I think you can apply that to other sports as well. And maybe if you did a little bit of groundwork, could it make your general life better than, you know, I, I, without compromising your abilities in that sport? Yeah, that's the key.
0: And also let you just live a better life after sport with a body that actually works mm-hmm. and isn't loaded with, you know, deep, deep rooted imbalances from, from the one, this, this small kind of subset of movements you did at a high level your whole life. Um, So yeah, the concept, the physical freedom concept is a very big one, being able to be to perform any task or have any task available to you and be able to approach it with competence and confidence. And like Mm. you said, those two are very intertwined, right?
1: And maybe you know that you you can't do that thing because you've stressed tested your body. So maybe you're like, that's past. I think just knowing what your physical capacities are is huge because you, you truly know, not because you're just guessing. If you see like somebody's like, hey, help me like deadlift this car over. (laughs) You're like, well, that's like a thousand pounds. I know like, you know, me and you combined, we're not gonna be able to deadlift that. So I know that. So like being realistic and truly realistic about what you can and can't do. Yeah.
0: Being honest with yourself. And then I think it's very easy to overestimate what you're capable of or or on the other side for some people underestimate what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. right this this and the only way to find out is to stress that test. by doing it exactly and Let's, test yourself and stress this and maybe there's something where it's like oh climb this w- boulder up this wall and it's a very big and you're like mm, i've you know i've done some bouldering time i'm not ready for that yet but now i know that that's within my grasp i'm going to train up and stress test myself so that next time we come here i can do it or i can yeah. at least feel confident enough to try it safely within my realm of competence
1: yeah and they like they stress test vehicles they you know yeah. we 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 have these bodies. I think we just need to put them to the test. Um, and that's what that's what kids do when they're developing. <clears throat> they just, you know, they, they move, they play. Play is all about figuring out what you can do and how you can handle yourself. And I yeah. like how Alex from uh, in Costa Rica, Alex Herrera, he was talking about play is not this like silly, fun thing that we... Play is often very serious. And it's like, let's get to the point of, let's see what my body can do. Let's see what your body can do. Yeah. Let's put them up together, either physically like as as like a... You know, wrestling or things like that, or let's just compete against each other in this physical task that we're choosing today, yeah. and we'll call it play because it's it's not true. It, it is there's an element of competition, but it's not like fierce competition or yeah. there's no stakes necessarily on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's man, that's so important in terms of people's training. We've we've disconnected from from play as well, and and I think like you said, when you say, "Oh, we need to introduce more play into your training," people are like, "I'm a serious I'm a serious human." You know, I'm training to be strong. I don't want to play. I don't want to play games. It's like, well, did you know that this is play? And you introduce a drill. You know, you show them beam work and say this is why beam work can benefit you, or some sort of balance practice can benefit you because it'll actually let you squat and deadlift more and be less prone to injuries. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, play is something that actually is on the radar. And they're like, okay, I'm open minded to trying it. So I think re just so many terms start to go down. The wrong path and get so deeply ingrained fitness is one of them health is one of them although the awareness is improving now play is definitely one of them
1: plays almost like an experiment i would say yeah it's like saying can my body do that and then the process of seeing if your body can do that is the play so and it's
0: like there's one asterisk with play where it's like it's enjoyable yeah and sometimes it's hard to find out why it's enjoyable but you know grabbing rocks on a street and trying to hit a target that's play but it's targeted play with a movement that humans are adapted and designed to do and reconnecting with something you haven't done in a long time. Like the other day, I I was walking by, um, I was just walking around and there was a kid just, actually, it was at Lustville. Remember that kid was throwing stuff? Oh, yeah. The kid wasn't throwing it because he got a prize or because he got something for doing it. He just loved throwing shit. Mm -hmm. Just throwing rocks left, right, and center. He would pick something and then try and throw it as hard as he could. And like, he was dialing in his ability to control his shoulder to launch an object yeah no one told that he, he didn't look at it from that perspective if you asked him why he's throwing stuff he's just like i don't know i just feel like throwing stuff
1: but i think it's like deeply biological too yeah. i think that's remnants of the biology although we've got disconnected from aspects of play that's other what species, i was trying to say we don't we, yeah. we're disconnected from that now other species you will see them wrestling like cats or other like dogs playing you'll see your dogs playing with each other and it, and it's and it almost is. Sometimes it almost, as you mentioned before, it almost looks like seri- it's to the point where it's borderline serious. Yeah, well, almost, you don't know if you're supposed like, hmm, to step in or actually? not. But you know that there's still that element of play, and it's almost like let's just push each other's limits here. Let's see. And I think if you look at it from that standpoint, let's see what our bodies can do here. In this, we've agreed upon the fact that this is this is play, so it means it's not to the death. Meaning that we're we're stress testing each other so that when it might be for the death then I know I can do it. And that might be other things. Let's, let's play here throwing stuff so that when I go do other stuff, it's better. Or you can incorporate that same logic to other things. But I think yep. it comes down to, let's see what my body can do so that when I might need it in the future, I know I've been able to do stuff like this before. So I can, I can carry over these skills or these uh, competencies to other things when needed.
0: Yep, I agree. Let, next thing let's talk about, because <clears throat> this is a big one, is sedentary exercisers. Mm -hmm. And what we mean by that are people that are so living, living a sedentary lifestyle is defined as six or more hours a day spent in the sitting position. It's very easy to accumulate six hours, do some sort of journal and calculate how much time for seven days straight, calculate what the average amount of time you spend per day sitting in a chair is, you will be astounded as to how much sitting you do without even realizing you're doing sitting because so much of our life almost subconsciously revolves around sitting, right? We just do it. It's chairs are always available. They're always some they're sometimes the only option that you have, right? If you sit in a car, you're odd, if you're in a car, rather, you're automatically sitting. Um, and so if you sit for six more hours a day, you know, the term sedentary exercises are people that live a sedentary lifestyle, and yet attempt to consume some sort of daily or regular dose of fitness. And I think this is where this whole problem that started this conversation of people creating health problems trying to be fit really comes from, right? Because they're Putting their body in a position that requires very, very little, uh, that requires almost no movement. It's in a position that creates uh, imbalances based on the position your joints are in, which over time consumed for long periods um, can limit the amount of movement you have at those joints. And then when you try and layer on load or repetitions or repeats on top of dysfunctional joints and movement patterns, that's that's why a lot of people break down. Like, what percentage of patients that you see in clinic would you guess exercise, quote unquote, on a regular basis?
1: It's a lot of them try to, but it, I mean, it might look it might look different for different people. I, I think we forget that a lot of what people think of as exercising and also like using machines and things like that, yes. where they're yeah. they're actually a lot of times sitting once again. So sitting and doing things on, on machines. Um, so I would say that. A lot of people do try to incorporate some forms of exercise. It's, it's different for everybody. What I'm I th- trying to
0: get at there is just a lot of the people that are breaking down are actually people that... You know, people assume, oh, their body doesn't work because they don't exercise. When in reality, it's like most of the people whose bodies are stopping to work or giving them problems, exercise. And exercise is actually... Exercise is not bad, but it can be bad if you don't know how to move, and yet you do those movements repetitively. This it, is something yeah, it depends that depends what you're doing. This uh, always generates big time controversy on social media, and I've had to like even take down a couple posts and reword them because people just misinterpret it. It's like exercise is good for humans, but exercise can be bad for you, right? And yeah. and and having sore knees doesn't mean you just have to exercise more. It means you have to exercise and move better. It depends what you're doing because big exercise, point of confusion
1: could be exercise could mean going on a like a stationary bike so and that may or may not be doing you it can be doing you like one form of service in terms of maybe some cardiovascular fitness and things like that in terms of like being fit from a movement perspective or being able to handle yourself and the whole plethora of things you might have to encounter Probably not doing you much being being like you know on an exercise bike three days a week or whatever' mm-hmm. it it's not necessarily bad no. that's the thing it's like what are you doing and then and then how are you doing it and then is that fitting in the grand scheme of like making you fitter or not the way we would typically define it and I think a lot of te- a lot of people are doing their i think the big thing is people are doing their exercise their exercise their chunk of exercise, and it's not getting them closer to being what we would consider fit yeah, I think that's the big
0: thing so like And like, what is the net effect? I think that's a big thing. We talked about this in the nutrition podcast, which I think in the next month, we should do another one because I got some interesting stuff that I've learned since the last one. Um, But this whole net effect concept, what is, okay, you do something now, what is the global effect that it has? So let's give, let's take an example. Jim likes to run. Jim goes on a 10K run. He goes for his run. He gets a really, really good um mental feeling right he's focused he's doing something he loves he gets the runner's high so he gets a really high positive net effect in terms of mentally his cardio system gets worked so he has a good net good effect there but he also creates knee and ankle pain that lasts him two days after his run because he's running with poor technique, and he's coming from sitting for eight hours a day and then going on his run. So what is the net effect, right? Like the plus of good mental state, the plus of good cardio, the negative of his body has gotten further down the road of kind of breaking down. It's like, that might not be as big of a positive effect as Jim thinks. And then the question is, is there a way to turn that into a bigger net positive? Mm -hmm. Yes, there is. You can, he can consume something, he could potentially consume a different movement to give him a good mental state of having moved and open up and, and um, target his cardio system. But can he, can he pick a movement that doesn't result in knee and ankle pain? Or can Jim understand how to run better and clean up his running technique and then be able to do that without the, the negative, right? Like we yeah. need to look at these net, overall net effects um, as to whether or not the movement that you're doing at that point in time is good for you or not good for you.
1: I think that we need to keep that dynamic you know the the fact that this is all dynamic in mind, because mm-hmm. Jim could work on. Maybe it's because he's missing a lot of mobility and he's stiff. He can, like you say, he can work on all these things so he can make that yeah. more sustainable. But I think a lot of research and a lot of just people think it's like it's just like a snapshot. It's like it's running bad for your knees. It's like well, it might be or <laughs> yeah. it might not be. Not everything that depends. Everything <laughs> is very yeah. nuanced. So your 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 exercise routine might be very. It could be good for you. it could be also have a have more of a net negative effect on you too mm-hmm. and and that's the problem and people don't be like oh don't you know don't shit on people who are getting it. It's like well, okay, let's just be realists here um if you're going to do something and you' and you're you end up in in more pain and injury than when you started, maybe. Maybe it's not the best thing for you to be doing, or maybe you should just look a bit deeper and, and try to change to, to make it something that you can yeah. make it. So that we're on the same team. We're a- <laughs> trying to help
0: people be fit and be healthy and be optimal, right? Like yeah. telling telling someone they shouldn't be running is not because we're, we we want to shit on them and just saying, don't run. It's like, is this costing your health? We're here to tell you the things that you need to know, not the stuff that you want to hear.
1: Or is it, a do- is it, is it simply a dose thing too? Because a lot of people, it's just simply dose. So they're just doing... Maybe too much of that thing. Yeah. So maybe running is the thing of choice. So you're like, how much are you running? Okay, maybe, you know, maybe we should talk about just dosing it slightly differently. Oh, cool. We we've just unloaded things a little bit. We've allowed for more recovery um, and adaptation between your runs. And now cool. You don't we're have good pain. now. So yeah. So I and think-
0: saying it depends doesn't mean there's no answer. It just mm-hmm. means more has to be found out about that specific person in order to understand what guidance to give them so that they can get on the right track. People yeah. fix themselves. You cannot fix people, but people often need guidance because right now, not only is the medical system the way it is right now, including the rehab side and the medical side, um, not only is it not helping people, it's actually oftentimes leading them down the wrong path. Right? Yeah. Jim is being not being told he has to find a movement that doesn't create pain or not being told he has to work on how he's running so he can run without pain. He's being told, don't run and take these little pills to help get rid of some of the pain. These are both very poor solutions to that problem that Jim has Mm -hmm. and we just have to you know people are more than capable of understanding these these basic things right like this is not they don't need to come to some rehab or medical wizard to tell them the basic shit that humans need to know to take care of themselves self-care self-maintenance basic movement skills and literacy these are not beyond the reach of people but they're not being given to them through the the traditional medical system
1: and I would say and this might sound controversial too but if you're getting hurt doing the things that you're if you're tr- if you're getting hurt trying to be fit it's it's not controversial at all it's, it's not it's, it's logic <laughs> it, yeah it's like okay well that it, like the, if we go by the definition of fitness of being capable and functional and all these things well then getting injured trying to be that will maybe just need some re-examining in terms yeah. of how you're doing it, and it might not be maybe it's you just need to in a long-term perspective re things so maybe we can talk about just a few ways of how do we look at maybe some ideas of how do we build how do we build fitness um maybe different ways of looking at how to, how to do that
0: well just um, one tiny side note i think a lot of people also um you know if they're overweight and they're like i want to get fit they mm-hmm. think going to the gym is the answer yeah and this is a big uh, i think this is a very big misconception like losing weight and shedding fat and changing your body composition has way less to do with being in the gym and way more to do with what you shove into your mouth. That needs to yeah. be the point of, con- the, that, needs, that is the low hanging fruit. That is the first point of education in the triage of going from overweight to losing weight and losing fat. So that's one thing. It's a misconception of fitness. Being fit, oftentimes people think means uh, being shredded or not being overweight, and that going from overweight to that state requires you to go into the gym. This is not true.
1: And I do think that like fitness, I think having a healthy body weight is one would be one of the keys to to fitness For too. Sure. Because if we look at like all and health. cause and big all cause health. mortality, yeah, yeah, that would be something to consider. But you're right; it's not simply trying to. I think people's perception of getting fit whereas it's like the look and the things you're doing so it's like i'm the runner and i want to look that way maybe it's like okay we need to actually look at diet, we need to look at sleep and we need to look at general movement outside of the gym sessions too so if you are moving more standing more doing different things throughout the day setting up your environment differently that is going to help you as just as much i would argue you can burn just as much calories um getting your lifestyle slightly more movement based Mm -hmm. as that hour in the gym just if your workstation set up a bit differently the same amount of calories over that seven eight hour period versus the one hour or more or probably more
0: and it's like so i heard uh kelly stride on a podcast recently i think it was one of his older podcasts but he basically said that based on his wife juliette's body dimension if she stood instead of sat at her desk Mm -hmm. um all year long she does almost two marathons a month in terms of the calorie expenditure that she's, that she's, um, that she's doing. So yeah. without ever running, she's basically running 20 marathons a year by just standing. Mm-hmm. This is very powerful For because sure. you're burning a lot of energy. You're avoiding spending time in these imbalanced positions. And those are the kind of changes where it's like, okay, you want to burn more calories. You want to burn more energy to get rid of some of your fat. How about we get you running two marathons a month, but we do it without ever running that's vi- that's an easy one to start to really hack away at and work towards. Exactly. So, okay, so let's talk about, like you said <clears throat> before, different ways of building fitness, right? Like talk like if someone comes to you and says, Mike, my body's, I'm having problems with my body. I'm really not liking the training I'm doing. I have to drag my ass to the gym. It's not enjoyable. I actually feel poor effects afterwards. How, How can I be fit? You know, this is what I think of as fit. How can I be fit? What would you recommend I do? What do you tell someone?
1: Well, I mean, assuming that it needs to fit within the confines of what are they willing to do? um, What is their, what do they have access to? What's their environment look like?
0: I want to spend an hour a day. Mm -hmm. I have a gym membership. I also have stuff at home. And I'm open to doing stuff on weekends where I can go and do things that are not in the gym and not in home. So one hour a day, every day, I can do it at home. I can do it in the gym and then I can do stuff on weekends.
1: One of the big things I think would be like the first step that would guide this whole process is let's, let's get you connecting with your, your physical machine. and being very, mind- like, let's, from this point on, let's be mindful of, like, what we're doing. Like, very, yeah. very mindful. Yeah. So whenever we're doing any given activity, wherever it happens to be, whether it's out um, in nature, or whether it's um, at the gym or whatever, connect. Connect with your body. What am yeah. I doing? Get into be aware. It. Be aware of it. How how does it feel when I lift this way? Oh, how does it feel when I lift that way? Can I move my body this way? So that's really the first step that helps guide you through all of this. Um, and some of that might, you know, a helpful coach or, clinician or trainer can help guide you through some of that as well and i would argue the
0: optimal one is all three of those coach trainer and clinician we can be all three physical therapists Mm -hmm. and other professionals can be all three and they should because you know what if you see one person for your fitness and one person for your rehab and they're speaking different languages they can be counteracting each other Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean it really it starts with just understanding and 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 if you go and experiment in the gym or you go and experiment by hanging on something and you get this weird feeling that you don't quite understand, that is the, those are pieces of data that you can go back to your clinician or back to your coach and say, listen, I did this and this is what I felt and this is what I felt two hours after. I did this and it felt really good. Can you help me understand why that is and how I can kind of use that feedback positively to go in the right direction? Mm-hmm. And I think it's very powerful, right? Like you, for your patients, you are a resource. You're a resource that is used as needed. Yeah. You're not someone that they're dependent on in order to feel good or feel healthy. They're someone that they're confident in knowing that if they have a problem or they have a question, right? Not an injury, but they're like, Mm, I tried this. It, f- it felt a bit sketchy and I didn't expect it to. I'm going to go, I'm going to make an appointment with Mike and I'm going to tell him about it. And then you help them understand it instead of just tell them what to do. That is such a paradigm shift in the way that we do physical therapy or the way that we just help people discover health. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. This is not taught in school. That's part of the problem. Oh, exactly. So sorry to get off on a tangent. That's
1: okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so like connecting with the machine, discovering after that comes discovering your current capabilities. So, and those current capabilities might be putting, I think the big thing is like task-oriented training. So the task might be to lift object A off the floor. Mm-hmm. The task might be to carry these two heavy weights, right? So setting yourself up with these these movement tasks or physical tasks, and then just determining what what is your body capable of doing, that's that's really important in this process. So so it's like you might find some big holes in your game, like I yeah. whoa, I can't even I can't even squat down to to pick something up or I can't even bend down to pick up that that thing off the ground because my back hurt. Okay, so there's there's problems. So there's the yeah. holes in my game. Let's start to patch up these holes to, to kind of get a more complete uh, picture of what fitness is for you. And the clinic and then- is
0: basically a, a stress testing lab where in a controlled environment under the supervision of someone that knows what they're doing, you yes. can test your body in a safe way that doesn't have this massive risk of injury and see where you're at and mm-hmm. discover those holes, right? People don't know how to screen themselves or test themselves in terms of finding holes in their game or holes in their movement patterns or their ability to be, you know, to express fitness. That's where a health professional should come into play. Now, if you go into the clinic and all they do is touch around the area that you have pain, there is no <laughs> real therapy going on there. There's no stress testing, there's no screening, there's no seeing where you're at and explaining how we can work to improve and, and patch up those holes. Mm-hmm. Because those holes are where the injuries happen. They're chinks in your armor that make you vulnerable to injury.
1: And I would argue that you're down that same path. Is that physical therapists need to think of themselves as working on somebody's fitness if we define fitness as what we're currently defining yes. it as? Yeah, because that's so true. We think of okay, well, these people deal with fitness. We don't. We deal with like injuries. But fitness is everything. So yeah. it's it's how are you? You know, it's everything we just talked about. So so I think that we need to look at. Helping people be more fit for their, any given task at hand, uh, for their thriving and survival in the environment to be able to maneuver themselves through the environment, lift things, carry things. So I think that giving people tasks in a in a in an environment or setting people or or giving yourself tasks in the gym or environment that you have uh, and stress testing them, incorporating some of this play. But I think the other component of of helping your own fitness out is putting yourself. Um, in front of natural tasks so if you go out things like incorporating a one hike in per week if you have the means to do so or or a couple per month or something like this so bringing yourself into nature and and maneuvering over different like rocks paths trees all of this kind of thing so if you can put yourself in the natural environment it's really going to stress test multiple aspects of this Mm -hmm. so-called fitness um with a bunch uh, of other benefits
0: that you want to oh, be able sure. to tangibly put your finger on.
1: That's the thing. So moving yourself through the natural environment. And fortunately, it's hard for some people to find natural environment these days because of the way that we've built everything up. So if you're living like downtown New York City, it's like, okay, you fortunately might need to travel like two hours to get out of that. But um, <laughs> oh, they have parks. It, and remember, the, we were yeah. trying to
0: go to, we saw, so we had a seminar in, in like New Jersey, which we had an issue and we had to reschedule it but they have in brooklyn and stuff like that like you can see people trying to reincorporate natural environments in urban dominated areas right i think that's key and like your brother so mike's brother is a landscape architect and i want to do a podcast with him um health conversations episode with him about engineering movement rich environments engineering engineered landscapes that mimic the natural environment but that can be You know, at a fairly low cost and fairly simply, be put into an urban environment to mimic what people have available to them in the natural environment. That's huge. And I'm super because I know he's into that. He's a mover, like he's a landscape architect. But he comes to us to perform better every year because he's a mover and he's a he loves movement. Mm -hmm. Um, and so anyway, that's going to be an episode coming up. But but that's actually
1: that's that's huge. So if we could get aspects of this natural movement without having to actually go into nature i mean nothing was going to replace if you have a if you have access to nature go yeah. into nature yes but for people who it's not because you could get little snacks of it if you have something i was going to say if you have an area that that's down the street from you and you can go and like climb climb a few things mm-hmm. jump over a few things balance on a few things do a few things that might show up in nature cool you've just got a little snack of it and that might be like 20 30 minutes um so you don't have to drive and make a half day out of it and you've so, built
0: robustness so that when you do go into nature you have a higher level of confidence Right? you've you've trained your ability to navigate the natural environment by working in kind of like an artificial but still an environment that's trying to mimic the natural environment
1: i think we need more task oriented training like that i think a a big part of it is that and and like i said the task might be very simple like a deadlift might be a task for you but but other tasks might be climb that thing jump over that thing run away from that thing so so that that might be i think that's a big big part of it and then
0: task oriented stuff so there was when we were in australia there was a uh, playground near the outdoor playground or i say playground but it was like an outdoor adult fitness installation near the people that we were staying with and one of my favorite things to do was go from one end of the structure to the other without touching the ground Basically, pretending like the ground is lava and go from one end to the other. Don't touch the ground. And mm. every single day I did it, I did it differently because you're you're allowed to have full creative expression of how do I get from point A to point B in whatever way I need to or whatever way I can without touching the ground.
1: So you were doing a lot of human stuff during that. You were yeah. balancing, probably hanging, ha- crawling, ha- jumping a little bit from thing to thing, yeah. leaping, um. Yeah, just and that's looking at the environment and doing human stuff to navigate the environment. Yeah, moving like a human. And so- towards the
0: end, I'm forcing myself to explore these these ways of navigating through that structure in in ways that like push me. Right? It's like okay, instead of going the easy route, I'm going to take this route. This is really challenging. I might I might fall, but I only fall like three feet, and I'm fine. Um, so like engineering your own struggle by doing things and seeing how you can make them more difficult with the same environment. It's like a challenge. How can I create a bigger movement challenge or a bigger dose of physical challenge going through the same environment. And I, I think, think that's powerful.
1: Oh, for sure. I, I think that...
0: Because kids do it. it. Exactly. Adults don't. I, I
1: think the big thing is too, if, if you're have if you unidimensional in your training, to make you more fit, just look outside the box a little bit. I think if you're, especially if you're specializing, back to that, that concept, this is what I'll add is just maybe look at, if, if you're in the gym seven days a week, Replace one of those with going on a hike. Yeah. If you're whatever, if you're a runner who runs seven days a week, maybe go to a climbing gym once a week. So I think that there's power to be had in exploring different options to make you more of a well-rounded, more fit, in quotes, uh, person.
0: Mm-hmm. So by, by just experimenting. And I think in the gym, one thing that I've kind of noticed, just based on what people are saying in term and 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 how their movement patterns are after going into the gym, is that the gym going into some sort of fitness environment, right? The classic gym, it should be a place where you go to help restore balance, right? Restore balance in in joints, restore balance in muscles. And yet it's a place where a lot of people go to to develop imbalances or to feed into an imbalance. And I'll give you an example, Joe goes into the gym. He um, has stiff hips and stiff ankles because he sits and wears dress shoes. So he's got limitations. He goes and grabs a barbell, and does loaded squats, and he pushes himself. Joe used to play hockey, he used to be uh, an athlete, he's a weekend warrior, he likes to lift, he likes to push himself. He loads up his squat, and he's still able to complete the squat, but he does it in a way that's very, he has to compensate a lot. So he's hitting control save on these poor movement patterns because he's loading up a dysfunctional squat. Versus, so there he's not only not offsetting an imbalance that he created by sitting, he's actually reinforcing that imbalance and layering on top of it even more imbalance versus Joe goes to the gym, grabs two heavy ass kettlebells because he wants to push himself, puts one in each hand, carries 80% of his body weight between both hands, and does loaded carries. Joe is rebalancing his body because he's forcing his hips to do what they're supposed to but under load he's forcing his shoulders and his posture to realign so just and he or or he works on his squat for the for the one-third of his session too because he can work
1: on offsetting and getting and redeveloping and reestablishing comfort in these positions that he wants to then load
0: and and grooves in a good better pattern you're right so So, it's just like the gym can be a place that can either be good or bad and it doesn't mean don't go to the gym it just means reevaluate how you're doing what you're doing and also what you're doing in the gym yeah Exactly. So use the gym as a place to restore balance instead of creating imbalances or, or you know, even making them deeper seated imbalances. Mm-hmm. So, um, a return. So let's talk about natural movement. So you 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 started off in terms of helping someone kind of get back to being fit by saying reconnect with your machine, spend some time in the natural environment, and when we go on the topic of natural movement, you know, there, there's these kind of major. Movement categories. So we we'll talk about like running is one of them. Yeah, uh, crawling, hanging, um, some sort of physical activity with a partner. I think is very beneficial. Whether that's wrestling or partner stability drills. You know, what else would you add into that basket?
1: I mean, get uh, some floor work, uh, some groundwork. Yep. So being able to just be comfortable getting down up off the floor, uh, doing some stuff on the floor, whether it's any crawling, um, things like that. And it d- you don't have to spend your whole day there because again, people take things to extremes. But just just being confident.
0: Yeah, like, I don't want to crawl all day <laughs> in the gym, bro. It's like, yeah, yeah maybe just do a couple of rounds of it. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then, like, look at the jujitsu guys who are like super competent on the ground, rolling, being on their backs, uh, maneuvering. So taking aspects of other things. Um, but I think that... The handling load we've already, you already mentioned the carrying um, some sort of like climbing I think would be not quite as like directly relevant but but also very something something that might show up I think one of the things you said is the the running is one of the things even even incorporating some sprinting or being able to work up to the point of being able to to sprint without getting into any injury issues yeah can be powerful so that might actually show up more than anything else if you you mentioned you had to sprint across. Uh, The road the other day because a car was coming it's like oh shit i have to sprint right now and if if you don't if you can't sprint or you don't know how to sprint that's that might show up in your life like today it might or somebody so you might you
0: might want to have to run away from something so you don't have to run away from predators anymore but (laughs) being able to run is still very beneficial maybe you have to run to catch the bus right if you don't catch the bus you're gonna be late an hour late for work can you do that can you actually are you actually capable of running to the bus without a huge consequence when you get on the bus you're like oh my god my back kills Mm -hmm. um yeah, and it's the kind of thing where, like, maybe working on running and feeling confident in being able to run is what allows you to actually run for the bus instead of saying, "Oh, I missed it. I'll just catch the next one." Mm-hmm. You know, so it almost, it's almost like this vicious cycle that can be in a negative or or a positive direction. If you are losing this kind of realm of physical freedom, that that circle shrinks more and more and more, and the more it shrinks, the less you do, so the more it shrinks. Yeah. Whereas on the other side, it's like, okay. I didn't really feel confident running for the bus, but I'm gonna do some sprints in the field. Oh shit! I actually am am pretty good at sprinting. Right? It might not look perfect, but I didn't I didn't hurt, and I was able to actually get pretty fast, and I kind of enjoyed it. The next time you run for the bus, now you're confident doing that. Maybe then you're like, I want to do runs. Like you know, your your circle expands. So it's are you shrinking yeah. or expanding your physical freedom? And every single day is an opportunity to determine which one of those two you're doing.
1: I think that's you know one of the, one of the final things we'll notice that it just that with that freedom comes more of a chance to to thrive and and be healthy mm-hmm. and enjoy things cuz it gives you just more options and more confidence and just just navigating through the environment and through through your life just becomes
0: better and easier if you're if you're fit the way we would yeah. describe it i think one of the last things to kind of end off on is a lot like going to the gym really is a supplement right like when you go to the gym you're you're trying to consume a supplement for movement and you're supplementing for something you're lacking in your day-to-day life mm-hmm. right if you sit all day and then you go to the gym number one that's a that's a recipe for injury but number two if you live a day-to-day life that promotes fitness that is has movement built into it that has you know that doesn't put you in one fixed position for a long period of time if you live a life that promotes fitness you do not have to consume as much of these fitness quote-unquote fitness supplements mm-hmm. right like i don't really I don't spend as much time in the gym anymore but i do spend a lot more time being physical yeah right and i think people need to you know the other day i came home liv was doing a 30 minute workout here she was doing carries up and down the stairs um she was doing lunges she was doing some squat work right like you don't need that i think for a lot of people this you know they have to redefine what they think of as fitness right be trained to be being fit means being able to survive and thrive right not only not having injuries but being having an enjoyable time that you have on this planet by having a body that functions and gives you the freedom to do whatever you want. Um, but I think, you know, once they've redefined fitness, they're like, okay, well, now I gotta go to the gym. Oh, I gotta drive 20 minutes. I gotta pay to get a membership. It's like, well, you don't need to, right? Like just start small and build this addiction to, to positive fitness by just starting with little things. Go for a spring. I think everyone can walk out their front door and go, you know, they can go buy a 20 pound kettlebell and go for a 10 minute walk every day with it. That is a very constructive form of fitness. Yeah. But people don't think of that. They think go into the gym, do a boot camp, do a circuit workout, whatever. That's not, that's not really connecting you with what it might be, but it might be, but it's not mandatory. Yeah, exactly. So live a life that promotes fitness. So you don't have to consume as many of these fitness supplements, redefine what fitness actually means to you. Reconnect with natural movement, Um, use the gym as a place to correct imbalances instead of creating them. Um, So anyway, we hope that, you know, the goal of this podcast is for people to have a clear vision of what, of why fitness and health seem to be these mutually exclusive um, things that are, that are going against each other right now. And we have to bring them back together because really fitness and health should be one and the same, but right now they're very different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What you do to improve your fitness should also be something you do to improve your health yes. because they should be the exact, they should be very highly overlapping.
0: Yeah. That's the biggest thing. I agree. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed that podcast. We'll catch you next week.